All right, hey guys, welcome back to Tazcast. We're here with Vid Monster Productions at Siren Studios in good old Bowling Green, Kentucky. My name is Aaron Zukic. And I'm Arnella, and we are here today with our Taz recruiting manager, Scotty and Millie. If you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. This is Millie. Hi, I'm Scotty, recruiting manager. All right. Before we get into things, I thought I'd provide a little bit of context into what we're going to be talking about today. So anybody who's been in the trucking industry, you know, in the past, what is it, three, four years has noticed that there's a lot of sitting trucks and that really the biggest problem with asset-based carriers right now is the lack of drivers and the lack of people on the roads leading to emptier trucks. So uh, we wanted to discuss with you guys who kind of know from firsthand experience because you guys are, you know, in charge of making sure that our trucks are full and, you know, on, on the, the road. On the front line. On the front <laughs> lines. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, let's just jump into it. At the end of 2021, it was, um, I did a little bit of research beforehand, but it was, uh, it was said that there was over 80,000 drivers needed at the end of 2021, which basically translates to 80,000 trucks that are sitting at the end of 2021. And as recruiters, obviously you guys are talking to all these drivers that don't want to work. So what are some trends that you guys have noticed within the, within the recruiting world of drivers? Yeah, of course it's been crazy this year. So 2022, of course, the most of the truck drivers I've been talking about or talking to, most of them have been dropping out of the lease purchasing and, oh, taking revenue split off of their companies that they're going to. Um, so I've noticed a lot of them have been going to the cents per mile. And I think it's just because they're not getting enough on the loads and stuff like that. They're not getting paid on time. That's another issue I've noticed a lot with revenue. I don't think they have the same thing put in place as cents per mile. So these guys, even though they're told, hey, you're going to get your paycheck Friday, they don't always get that paycheck Friday. So that's another thing and why they're switching over. So those guys are dropping like flies. And then, of course, we've got owner operators. So everywhere. more like cash flow issues within companies for sure for sure i would say so i mean it's just every single one of them i haven't heard a single success dream story yet this year of anybody getting into a lease purchase and actually making money i think the last person i talked to they're working for a company over on the west end side and uh, she's been running west to east coast actually a lot and in the past five weeks making the revenue split she's only had fifteen hundred dollars Total? Total. In, in five, five weeks. weeks. Oh. After being told that she would get paid every single week, there's only been two paychecks that have come through wow. that have totaled together to $1,500 in five wow, weeks. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. And to put that into perspective, I mean, if you're running, if you're running, you know, 3,000 miles a week. Yeah, and you're east making... to west coast. I mean, that person, they're hitting over 3,000 miles a week, guaranteed, no doubt. And if you, and if you, and if you like take it into account, if one of these drivers say, you know, in a different company that's not doing lease purchase, if they're on 50 cents per mile and they run 3,000 miles a week, they make 1,500 like that in a week mm-hmm. before yeah. taxes, of course. But right, of what course. about you, Scotty? What do you think? Well, I, I'm thinking about that question and there's a lot of different things. Equipment is one of them mm-hmm. that people fuss about. Those that are on over the road, they don't have big enough trucks. They don't have big enough sleepers. It doesn't have the amenities. Right. You know, we're living with, in an age where people want the amenities. The comfort, the luxury, right? Right. right. right Even right. though they're sitting behind the wheel, it's when they're not sitting behind the wheel. And with the uh, with the rules with the DOT and they have to sit, do their 10 hour breaks mm-hmm. and then the 32 hour, they're not always at home yep. to do that. And 32 hours in your truck and not having amenities is like you would at home. It makes a big difference. I mean, yeah. I mean, 10, 10 hours. I mean, you gotta think that's almost half the day that you're not, you know, actually driving the truck. So you're, you know, if, especially with, 
you know, a lot of drivers that do over the road, a lot of them are living out of their trucks. So when you don't have that, you know, extra comfort, that extra luxury, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a drawback to the, you know, truck driving job, the, the whole profession, honestly, you got to be you got to be comfortable when you're not on the clock as well as, you know, being able to drive the truck. So I definitely see what you guys are coming from. With and then that another one. thing that I would say is uh, truckers are aware there's a shortage. Right. And because yeah. they're aware there's a shortage. Yeah. They uh, want the higher pay. Uh-huh. And yeah. you've got bigger, larger companies that are paying 60, 70, 80 cents. Mm-hmm. And for the mom and pa and the smaller companies that are starting out, they're starting out having to pay more than they can afford right. to keep a driver or to get the good drivers. You want the ones that have seniority. Some of the companies can afford to get them right out of driving school, mm-hmm. which is a plus because if you're getting them right out of driving school, they become more um, loyal Yes, than yeah. you would those that have already been with a larger company that took them and gave them all of those amenities that the mom pa isn't able to give them. Right, right, and right. And so now they're wanting... Um, more money. It's right, the, right, the, right. The, the money per mile. And Scotty, I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but can you tell us a little bit about your background in the trucking industry and how you got, kind of got into this position of recruiting? Absolutely. I was a social worker and I decided that I didn't want to see the bad in life anymore and I wanted <laughs> to be out on the streets. And so... Seeing um, the bad on the streets. Yeah, like riding the streets. <laughs> And so I got, uh, went and got my CDL and I drove for 16 years. And then, you know, the good old heart said I had to stop. My dad got sick and I needed to come back to Kentucky. So I did and then got into management and been recruiting and in management part since. So I've got about half, about 16 years in recruiting too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And really, you want to kind of get a, give a quick bio on your background in... In trucking? Oh gosh, in recruiting. So this is actually my first time stepping into an industry in which is recruiting and especially truck driving. I chose that out of all of them, but it's been great. It's awesome. I love it. It's it's way different than a lot of other recruiting in which I've seen. Um, I actually came back from a background of customer service. So I love talking to people all day. So I was like, hey, I might as well do this. It's the same (laughs) exact thing, right? But yeah, I love it over here. I've been here since September at Taz Trucking. And this is your first position. First position recruiting of recruiting, yes. In the trucking industry. Oh, She's yeah. a rock star. I, love it. I mean, I, just knowing you two, even for like the little bit that I've like known you guys, you guys are like the perfect personality type for recruiting. Cause yeah, I would drive for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys hiring? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know this, but. Um, I had gone through several positions at Taz at once. Can confirm, can confirm. I had started (laughs) doing, it was kind of like whatever they needed me to do. Started doing like compliance when I was in high school. Then they moved me to accounting, which was my favorite. I ended up majoring in accounting. And then I think we tried like two weeks in dispatch. And then when COVID came around, they decided it would be a good idea to put me in recruiting. (laughs) Oh, And that that was when I drew the line. And that was how long did you do it for? Like maybe six months. And then I had like a mental breakdown and I was like, the trucking industry is not for me. (laughs) Bye guys. And now I'm an event planner. So (laughs) I love it. So much respect to you both because I know it's, it's a tough job and it takes like a really special person and like a certain type of personality type to be able to talk to these drivers day in and day out and like really connect with them. And I mean, at the end of the day, convince them to 
come drive for us. Right. I'd say the difference, major difference with Taz Trucking in comparison to a lot of other places is we are super dedicated about those drivers. I mean, those drivers can call me at 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I'm going to pick up my phone. You know, I'm going to talk to them. So I think just them knowing that we're always reachable, we're always there for them. And even if it doesn't even have anything that pertains to recruiting, you know, I've I've hired this driver two weeks ago. I have nothing left for him, but he's calling me still saying, hey, you know, listen, I got to drop this load tomorrow at nine. Just let, you know, like, okay, cool. You know, you have fun. Just (laughs) random stuff like that, you know, but I love it. It's because they see us as that family type of environment, which is what we portray. So no, hundred percent. And I can, I can honestly testify to the fact that I sometimes have to tell drivers like, Hey, like Millie was your recruiter. (laughs) Now you have to talk to your dispatcher. Like you don't need to keep going back to her. Like it's fine. Oh, I'm payroll recruiter than my dispatcher. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously Scotty, I know that you obviously know about, you know, the, the tough side of truck driving being in it for 16 years, but you know, Truck driving is now considered not only one of the toughest jobs in America, but one of the toughest drivers in the world. And I don't think I don't think it was always like that. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with with the implementation of of ELDs and, you know, not being able to run as much as you want and all that. That's kind of when we started to see this driver shortage of people talking about, well, I can't make any money with a computer telling me how to drive and all this stuff. And um, so I think it also has a big part to do with just like the way that technology has impacted our entire culture like everything is so fast-paced like everything is just faster and more and quicker and like more productive everyone just wants more and more and more like it never yeah efficiency efficiency is a efficiency is a drug kind of in our our culture and i mean Mm -hmm. even like nowadays they're talking about having trucks that are like run by computers or by robots like not even having actual right the tesla drivers right you have seen those like it's just it's just like the people in like our culture they're just never satisfied it's like never never ending always improving but you know i think that it wasn't always like that like maybe obviously with the elds and everything um it kind of caused this shift towards you know truck driving is terrible truck driving is you know it's a hard job like you're always away from home you know you're not getting getting very good very very well paid for your time away which you know i don't think that's always the case like there's some drivers that can you know run 3500 miles a week and bring home $1,500 a week after taxes, you know, especially at Taz. I know that's the case. So what, what do you guys, what do you guys think really caused this shift towards, you know, this negative, this negative view towards, I think it's the generation. Uh, I, I, a lot of it. I mean, I grew up middle-class to upper middle-class and we grew up on a farm. So we had all of this equipment on our farms and we drove it all the time but we started working at six seven eight years old yeah on the farm that's not what happens today six and seven year olds don't go milk cows or right. go <laughs> feed uh, chickens or at four o'clock in the morning before they go to school right 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 that's what we did but i didn't walk to school barefooted in the snow <laughs> in the I snow didn't wait that. wait 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 that my dad lied to me then yeah i did not you do didn't that. walk uphill both ways no, i did not do that um, you know that wasn't how i was raised we had shoes right, the proper right, shoes right. boots if we needed them in the uh in the dairy barn or the pig pens you know you needed the right kind of shoes for that but i think 
now, you know, we wanted more for the kids and for our generation, and we didn't teach them what it takes to achieve where we are at in our life. You know, um, they want to start out where their mom and dad is at immediately. I'm going to use my nephews and an example, you know, he got a job and he's making what his dad's making. He's 22 and his dad's 55. Wow. And only because his dad afforded to take, send him to school. Right, right, And right, got right. him there. But, he, I mean, he's literally making as much as his dad. I mean, Right I, off the bat. But I think kind of it, it is kind of like a catch-22 almost where it's, you know, you always want what's better of your kids. You don't want them to, you know, bust their ass as hard as you had to bust your ass. And um, a little bit of it is... Like, you want them, obviously, to have a better life than you did and not have to work as hard. But at the same time, by not teaching them to work as hard, you're kind of, um, how do you I You still say want this? them to, like, have that worth ethic. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. But, you know, when you when you want what's best for your kids and don't want them to, you know, have to, like you said, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and feed the chickens before school, like, they, they weren't taught that. So they were never, you know, raised to be you know, hardworking basically is what I'm saying. So like I said, it's a little bit of a catch 22 where you want what's best for them, but it kind of turns up being, being negative towards their, towards their morale and towards their work ethic. And what do you think about it, Millie? I'm going to approach it on a different side here. I'm here for you, truck drivers. Hearie, hearie. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the recruiters and companies. Okay. I think so. I think that it's given such a bad rap. What I've heard when I first stepped in here in October, the number one heard or word that we're called is headhunters. Because most truck drivers know recruiters to lie to them, tell them, you know, promise them butterflies and roses, and they step in and all of a sudden, oh, I'm only making two hundred dollars a week. You right. know what I mean? When they were promised two thousand a week. Right. So I think the constant of the companies, okay, here to your recruiter, you make commission based off of who you're bringing in, you know, and and based on that, they're saying, okay, I'm going to tell this truck driver what he, he's going to want to hear just to get him through the door. That's when you start the trend of, oh, he's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving. Revolving door. So bring it back to tie with what Scotty said with the younger generation. These guys are stepping in, hearing all these butterflies and roses. Grass is always greener on the other side. So that's why you see job, job, job every other month. These older truck drivers that have been driving for 25, 30 years, those are the ones that'll cut me off in the middle of talking, but I love it. They know what they want. They know what they're after and they know when they hear a lie. So I think that those are the ones that you tend to see stick around the longest. I think that recruiters have just because of them being so some of the money hungry, trying to bring in that money, just putting a butt in the seat. It's caused a lot of truck drivers to have a lot of distrust in the industry Mm -hmm. and what they're being told. So they need somebody that they, they know is, is going to be honest with them. And I'll tell you like it is. I tell my truck drivers, I say, I get paid whether you come in through the door or not. So I ain't losing my job to lie to you because I like it. And the laugh, they love hearing that because they're like, okay, you know, she's going to be honest with me about it. Right. So, you know, It's just that that whole barrier right there of, of can I trust you or not? You know what I mean? So is that a trend in the trucking industry yeah, for years to be based on commission? No, that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off. But yeah, it's kind of the 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 industry standard of, you know, treating your recruiters like salespeople. Recruiters get commission. So like a, exactly one truck driver that I actually talked to the other week, you'll find this funny. It's a room of five recruiters that sit in a room and they all talk to truck drivers, right? And whoever they get in at a certain amount of time, if he's in that seat for a certain amount of days, they get a certain amount of X amount of money on their paycheck, right? Well, one of the recruiters heard another recruiter talking to a truck driver that she spoke to last week and she 
freaked out, blew up, whatever there, yelled at her, had to switch it all over so that she got the point for that truck driver. And he was like, I was wondering why she was so upset about it when I was just talking to another recruiter and I explained it to him as they're making commission off of you, you know? And he said, oh, you know, it makes complete sense, but they are. I mean, you know, they want to get your butt in a seat so they can get that paycheck. But that's the whole reason I love Taz Trucking is because it's not that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell them, I'm getting paid. I love my job. I want to keep it. So I'm not going to lie to you, you know, because mm-hmm. when you come in the store, there's not 20 recruiters. There's Scotty and Millie. Who are they going to turn around and ask a question about, you know, exactly. when I've told you something wrong? Exactly. So, exactly. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a recruiter and I took offense by it. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I, We're here for the truck drivers. And what he said, Aridan said, it is true that there are probably, with the larger companies doing the number, recruiting by number, I don't know if that's true to our area where we're at here in Bowling Green. I mean, Taz is one of the largest trucking companies in Bowling Green. The largest in Bowling Green. And we don't do that. Voted best to South Central. (laughs) South Central Kentucky, number one trucking company in South Central Kentucky. (laughs) That being said a hundred times, we we don't do that. And I don't know that you ever did that. No, never. Since you've been there. So if those trucking companies are trying to emulate what has trucking does let's hope that they're doing the same in their recruiting right is we are and being honest and no but i think i think millie's point was like some of these like big big companies you know that have thousands of trucks that you know beep 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 yeah (laughs) yeah right he's gonna cut us off he's gonna edit this out if i say any names but yeah all the all the we'll just call them mega carriers you know that have thousands of trucks and you got to think about it if they have 20 percent of their truck sitting that's thousand trucks right so you know they kind of like i don't want to say that it's justified for them to treat you know recruiting people as a sales position and you know rewarding them commission based off how many people they bring in but you know if they didn't do that they wouldn't have enough drivers Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and then it's it's i don't want to you know to play the devil's advocate here but i think it's the nature of the business you know you have to get drivers and seats i mean constantly have that turnover it always is like that with the bigger companies and and the smaller companies we can't have that we don't have enough trucks and people to have you in and out the door as a revolving door you know so i think that's why a lot of people even in this day and age in 2022 a lot of people are switching over to your small mom and paws they're tired of the big corporations 100 percent, and that's why you know the industry average for um and me and millie and Scotty, I think we've talked about this before, and that's why, you know, you see, like, the industry average for average, you know, tenure of a truck driver with any company, whether it be a mega or, you know, a small five-truck company is one year, and with test trucking, our average is two years. So we're almost du- – we're double the industry average for, mm-hmm. you know, keeping drivers and, you know, making them feel like family and taking care of them. So I think that's definitely a testament to the fact that we care about our drivers and care about, you know, making sure that they're comfortable behind the wheel. I've worked for one of those larger companies before. And what I saw them do that we don't do is that they offer training. And we have to look at trucking is a trade, just like a CNA is a trade in Mm -hmm. the medical field. Mm -hmm. And there are places that are, there's a shortage in CNAs. Mm -hmm. So they hire them off the street and train them, but they sign a contract that they'll work for them for one year. And that's the thing that happens with these larger companies. They're going straight to the CDL schools and they're getting them right out of school. Some are even doing 
the CDL schooling themselves. Right. And you go to their school, they train you, then they put you in a truck. So it's three weeks training on learning how to get your CDL. And then they put you in a truck for three weeks with a trainer open on the over, um, over the road. Mm -hmm. Then they bring you back and you pass or fail. And then you get a truck yourself. So I know that's just six weeks of training and you can have the trade, but it's less than that for a CNA. So they can do that kind of training themselves. And so when you look at trades, it's not a college degree. Right. It's not a certificate. It's just a driver's license that says that they're class A. Um, I think if there was some form of tenure or some form of recognition that they got that became um, more honorary, then it would be better at retaining or causing more drivers to want to come on board mm -hmm. or it would change the mindset with you younger folks. What's the, what's the word? Speaking of younger folks, um, the average age of drivers in the U S is 49 years old. What do you think about this industry and this job position makes it so much less enticing to the younger generation. They don't put PS5s in the trucks. <laughs> uh, there's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have it already rigged up with uh, things that they like to do now. Mm -hmm. No, but like, seriously, I know. That's a great marketing strategy. Yeah, we should put, we should put Xbox. I'll put a note PS5s. into Taz next week. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like seriously, I, um, I have a lot of friends in the, in the trucking industry, like, you know, dispatchers, some of them are, you know, working in safety, some of them own their own companies, and some of them are drivers, and the vast majority of them are either dispatch, safety, or, you know, own their own company. I think I know one person that's my age that's actually out there driving a truck. But none of them would have the job if they didn't have a driver. Exactly. And exactly. so um, I think drivers lose their importance. They don't feel... Um, the value that they actually do bring to the company. No, 100%. And oftentimes. And I do think just, and I've only been with Taz a couple of months, but at Taz so far, I feel like they go, uh, we go above and beyond for the driver. 100%. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that, you know, Taz himself, our owner, my dad and Arnella's dad, was a driver for nine years himself. So he knows the, you know, the the hardships and the and the trouble that, that they go through. So he makes sure that, you know, he, they they know their importance and they know that they're not just a number at Taz Trucking like, you know, with all these other Let me carriers. just say something that Taz has done before. We had a young lady start and she was 50 miles away, started having issues with her fifth wheel. It was like one or two o'clock in the morning. She calls Taz's personal cell phone number and he drives down there to go help her with her fifth wheel on the side of the road. In the middle of the night, he went out and I mean, she... She's so loyal now. She says she's never leaving ever since that day of him showing up and fixing that fifth wheel. But I mean, what? I mean, this man could be in Dubai drinking martinis. And he's on the side of the highway at two o'clock hey, in the morning. Hey, he does that too. <laughs> well, there you go. Right? Right? But it's, the, it's called balance. <laughs> gotta have a good balance in life. But the fact that, you know, he's as humble as he is and Absolutely. willing to get out there and do that. I mean, what other owner of a company have you seen ever get out there and do that you can't even get a hold of some of the you don't even know what who they are right <laughs> you no, know? and and most of taz's drivers they all have his personal number i mean yeah, you know that was something i was just about to say he every is, single yes. driver that you guys bring on he will give them 
his personal cell phone number and i remember (laughs) so many people have been like okay like you you have over 100 chucks like you have to stop doing this like my mom people (laughs) including mom but even like people that have like been in the recruiting position before like these drivers are gonna like keep calling you and like even like when we sit down for like family dinner before always if he has a phone call call. he's gonna answer especially from a driver every phone call and like he just he respects the drivers more than anyone that i know honestly 100 percent, 100 percent, and i think that's definitely what what sets us apart from you know some of these big companies is the fact that taz you know he knows he knows what it takes to be a truck driver and he respects the you know the grind it is mm-hmm. a grind you know you're you're sitting grind. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting in a you're sitting in a you're sitting in a i mean a glorified captaincy. I mean, that's what they call it, but it's, it's, you know, a chair for 14 hours a day, you know, and it's just, uh, I can't imagine it. Also shout out to Taz for not waking me up to go fix the, fix the driver's fifth wheel in the middle of the night. Cause he definitely could have done he that. He would have had to have like a bulldozer to get you out of bed. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Obviously we're talking about Taz trucking and I know we've, we've answered it a little bit um, already. Um, but what is it about about working with Tash Trucking and what, you know, what about recruiting for Tash Trucking allows you guys to, I don't want to say recruit easier, but, you know, even in a driver shortage to be able to bring on drivers consistently like you guys have been doing? This would be better for me. Oh, yeah, you want me to start with this one? Yeah. Oh, I got a list for you. I love task trucking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of my my major things that is about this company, and that's something actually Aaron and you know Arnell just brought up, is the fact that he is a truck driver. Right. You know, he's been driving. He's been in that seat before. He knows what it's like. So they they appreciate that the fact that you know somebody that owns the company is on the same same page with them as that. Um, when I'm telling them about how we dispatch them and stuff, I said, we're very nineties, you know, you get the phone number and address. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And they love that. That's why we get a lot of our older truck drivers and mm-hmm. our governor, you know, we're not, you know, snail riding at 62 and 65 cough, cough, but you know, our, our trucks are governed <laughs> at a really good speed and, you know, and we're not carrying some mega weight down the road. So, I mean, our guys are actually able to get up and go somewhere. Right. Um, it's just all together, you know, the fact that we're very family, we have less than, you know, a hundred company drivers in total right now. So we are still very small. Right. Most companies that I know that I've, I've spoken with or at, you know, seen around average has been 250, 300 trucks. Right. So we are still, very small on that line you know i tell him i go we got truck numbers but i know who's in the truck by looking at it you know right <laughs> we're, we're very personable so i think that they definitely appreciate that and the fact that you know we're just personal with them 100%. that's the number one thing to taz one of the things that i've noticed at taz is a lot of our management are ex-truck drivers so that in itself everybody in there's somebody in every department that can relate to you because they too were truck drivers our safety guy payroll recruiting Um, yeah roy and safety mike who's our logistics coordinator used to be a truck driver we got obviously scotty used to be a truck driver millie's about to become a truck driver i'm just kidding work third shift (laughs) nemac third shift nemac no we gotta get that covered my god I did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> CEO is, is, you know, Taz himself worked as a truck, so uh, worked as a driver, 
those that makes a difference because 100%. it makes us be able to relate to them 100% and um and know where they're coming from like when um if somebody that wasn't in the industry had a logbook question it's they may be lost at what the answer would be or right, you say, got a manager over here googling it and stuff like right that. <laughs> instead of be, or relating to and i um you know i don't know how it is to ride with the electronic logbooks i right. never did it i had three logbooks they were paper. One was legit and two weren't. And, uh, we, uh, and that's how I rode. And I would drive probably 18, 19 hours out of a day. Wow. But I had 5,000 to 6,000 miles a week. And I did it in five days. Sheesh. But we worked. But that's what I wanted to do. It was all about making the money. It wasn't about the law. And I get it, DLT. <laughs> DOT is there for a reason, but then there wasn't that electronic. So right, I did right, have right. somebody that was my um, over me watching, and that's what it feels like to the driver mm -hmm. with this electronic log, is that they're they're watching. There's no way of cheating it. Right, right. And right. Um, so it probably does make it a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. And if our team, uh, Taz's team, our dispatch team, and our um, um, Management team. Well, all together, if we're not supporting and making everything, you know, if we're not holding the shipper and the receiver accountable for delays right. that are taking away that drive time, and these drivers are trying to meet their daily go, and right. my daily go was anywhere from eight to 800 to 1,000 miles a day. <sighs> but Jesus now, Christ. you know, legally, they can run, if they ran 60 miles an hour, um, that would be 600 miles a day. a day. That's insane. And that's not that much. No. But at the end of the day, that's 3,000 miles a week. Mm -hmm. So we've got to get them legally running 600 miles a day, and that requires a combination of things, shipper, receiving, and dispatch, all working together right. to ensure there's a no delay. And the only way that that can happen, and we do do that at TAS, the majority of our loads is drop and hook. Mm -hmm. We have trailers available for them to just go pick up a loaded trailer and leave their empty trailer. Right. And they're not having to sit there, but it's the loads that require them to sit and wait to get unloaded mm -hmm. that is causing that it'll, it'll cause a driver to quit. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it before where, you know, a driver, like he starts his clock in the morning. He he got to the he got to the shipper last night. He starts his clock in the morning, sits at the shipper for five hours, and then you know he only has five hours to drive for the rest of the day. You know, so that's that's cutting into his paycheck. And that's when he needs a PlayStation. Right. That is when he needs a PlayStation. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to talk to Taz <laughs> about that. But I'd say another thing is just our dispatch service. I mean, a lot of places, and I, I don't understand why they haven't done this yet, but there's a lot of places that still have not gone to 24 hour. Right. I mean, their driver can only contact them till five o'clock at night. They break down at 10 o'clock and they gotta wait till Billy Bob gets in the morning in the office, finishes his coffee at eight and calls him back at nine. Right. You know, our dispatch service is 24 hours. You know, you're no, gonna get a hold of somebody Sorry, always don't mean to interrupt you millie but even then you got to think he's broken down for 12 hours hasn't started his clock yet he right. comes in at eight o'clock he's got to call a tow service to come get him that's going to take another hour by the time he gets towed that's another hour by the time he gets fixed that's another hour so 
Yeah, I mean, when you have somebody that's there and is available to, you know, so get ask going. if dispatch is twenty four hours, always. always, 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 always. Another thing too is that a lot of places with their dispatchers, they'll put like forty drivers to one dispatcher. Right. So this guy is like stressed out. He's got forty drivers. You know, got to remember home times, where he goes, where he doesn't like to go, where he can go when this drops off, and our dispatchers have way less of a number than that you know i've noticed right exactly so it's not hard to remember driver from one from 12 when you're running only 15 but it is when you're running 40 that's when it becomes that's when they become numbers not names exactly Mm -hmm. and they don't get home when they're supposed to home Mm -hmm. time is messed up and all that other stuff i have never heard from our drivers not getting home you know on the time they were supposed to go home because our dispatchers are really good at that stuff exactly exactly um, and another thing that I got to just just to throw in there is the fact that we have so much contracted freight, you know, where it's Deliver. shipping to and you know where it's going to get received. So you've done that load 100 times. So it's just, you know, it's just second nature. You go drop the trailer, go pick up the trailer and everything is just easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And you're just driving, driving all day. Thanks for listening, everybody. We started this podcast because we love what we do and love getting to showcase the Taz brand. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on Instagram at Taz Trucking.